Welcome to the first installment of This Week in Guided Pathways in Schools. This podcast will bring you up to date on all things having to do with the schools at MCC and Guided Pathways a few minutes at a time. I'm Jessica Wilkie, Schools Implementation Lead. And I'm Amanda Rampey, Technical Assistant for the Schools at MCC and Guided Pathways. Each week, or about week-ish, we'll bring you information, explanations, interviews, and recaps of developments, events, and resources at MCC and in the larger community college world. One thing we would very much like to include are answers to your questions. Please email questions to schools at monroecc.edu. We will keep your question anonymous if you would like, and we will respond to all questions or requests for information either by email or in this podcast. This week, to kick us off, we'll be reviewing the virtual resources available related to schools and guided pathways and give a brief overview of one of the current projects underway in the Schools and Pathways office, Pathways Extensions. So let's talk about the virtual resources we have available at MCC. Amanda, I know you've been maintaining our Blackboard site. Can you remind us how to get into there? Sure. So the first thing you want to do is log into MyMCC. Uh, once you're in, you can see up at the top under Employees, and then below that, there's that toolbar with all those different links, and you're going to want to click on the Professional Development link. Uh, once you click on that, you can see a whole lot of stuff in that area, including things about schools and guided pathways. What else is in there, Amanda? What other kinds of resources would you see? Using videos, and these are really great if you want to brush up on some advising knowledge or learn a little more about advising different types of students. You'll also see some uh, schools at MCC resources, such as our student success networks for each school, programs listing by schools, and our Guided Pathways newsletter. What kind of things are covered in that newsletter? So in that newsletter, we try to highlight a different school each month and talk about some things that are going on related to Guided Pathways. And we also try to answer a lot of questions that folks have about different initiatives that are going on, such as our advising redesign, uh, Pathways Extensions, SUNY Pathways Institutes, and lots more exciting things. Awesome. What kinds of resources outside of MCC are available in this section. So one thing that's really great about this section is we have a section up at the top called Guided Pathways Resources and that includes a lot of information from places like the American Association of Community Colleges, the Community College Research Center, and people like Rob Johnstone who are really influential in the Guided Pathways movement. So Jess, what is your favorite part of the Blackboard space? I would say in addition to new ADV courses that pop up now and again, or ones that I haven't attended in a few years or maybe even closer to a decade now, I like having those at my fingertips, but I really do like the external resources as well. Uh, Sometimes it's hard to just search on Google to find out what's happening in different community colleges with guided pathways, but CCRC is a great resource. That's the Community College Research Center. Mm They do produce a lot of briefs, uh, publish a lot of articles, especially from Davis Jenkins. So some of the more influential people in the Guided Pathways movement nationally include Davis Jenkins from CCRC, Rob Johnstone from NCII, Melinda Karp from Phase 2 Advisory, uh, Thomas Bailey also from CCRC. And you can find things up on our Blackboard space that these folks have published and a lot of great research. And there's also links to videos of talks given by some of these folks, including Davis Jenkins and Rob Johnstone, when they spoke here at MCC last month. How often is this space updated, Amanda? 
Well, I update this space really regularly. Basically, any time that there is some new article out that we want people to check out, any time that there's a new talk at MCC that we want to post the link to. So if you find any information you think is really awesome that might fit in this space, you can email it to me and we will get it up there and check back frequently because there's new stuff all the time. One thing that we want to talk about today is pathways extensions. And when we talk about pathways extensions, that's really important to a guided pathways philosophy. In fact, I think that's one of the pillars of guided pathways, isn't it? It is. One of the four pillars of guided pathways is clarify the pathways. That means that every student should have the ability to see a complete path from beginning to end towards their goal, whether it be to graduate with a degree or certificate from MCC or to transfer on to another institution. So... That sounds like something we, we have to have already been doing that, right? Well, we have been doing that in some ways, as long as we've had programs at MCC. Each program, when it's submitted through our curriculum system, does include a four-semester sequence. That, four semesters. Yeah, and most of our students, as we know, don't go through MCC in four semesters. So those semester sequences, then, really would only apply to students who come in and place at a program-ready level and who don't have any transfer credits. Or need any other prerequisites in any other way. So those four semester sequences sure do give a good overview to maybe prospective students or students in high school trying to figure out what kind of a major they want to get into or seeing what kind of courses they would be taking in different degree programs. However, it doesn't show what will be the final pathway for most of our students. For example, if you even need one developmental math course, the pathway could change by a few semesters. So with the current sequences we have, it sounds like it's really unclear if a student comes in and they need TRS courses, they could be here for seven semesters and they have no way to know that? Well, sometimes they do get a clear understanding of what they need in the developmental education area, whether it be just math, just reading and writing, or both areas. And they usually know what courses they have to get through to get to their program courses. But if they need extra courses to fill out some credits while they're taking those developmental education courses, they don't always know what courses they should take that will also count towards their intended major. Wow, and what about situations where a student maybe is a liberal arts major because their ultimate goal is something that MCC might not offer as a major? Do we have anything laid out that might guide those students? Not currently, unless someone meets with a transfer advisor. And then that is just what transfer advisors know about. We have so many programs at so many schools just within 100 miles of MCC that it's very difficult to know what's going on at every college. However, these pathways extensions that we're working on will give more students, if not all students, the ability to see their course pathway regardless of what their goal is and where their goals end. Yeah, so I've been working on a lot of these lately and some departments are already aware because I've been talking with them. If you're not aware, the end goal is to get all of these pathways into the DegreeWorks Planner tool. Minute, what's the DegreeWorks Planner tool? I don't necessarily see that when I go into DegreeWorks. That's true, Jess, because it's not turned on for everyone right now. So when you go into DegreeWorks, uh, you currently see the student's audit or worksheet. Uh, the planner tool is another tool that's available within DegreeWorks that isn't currently turned on. So once that is turned on after we've gone through a little pilot phase, that would be an area where an advisor can lay out 
what the student's plan is from first until last semester. And that's really great because it's customizable and it can start with templates. So currently I'm working on developing templates for each program that will show what the student's path is depending on their placement level. So that means that if a student comes in and they want to be a business major and they place at math level two and TRS 200, they can see their entire progression based on that template. And that's gonna apply across every program and every placement level. And then when they meet with an advisor, that plan can be customized. So I've heard a lot of questions about what if the student comes in with transfer credits and they already have some of these courses completed, or what if they need to repeat a course? And the answer to that is, of course, that you know these plans in DegreeWorks are just another tool in our advising toolbox, and everything is fully customizable depending on that student's needs. So, Amanda, a lot of times what affects a student's course plan or what they take each semester isn't necessarily the courses in a program or the courses they need. Sometimes it's things like financial aid, imputed credits, um, transferability, and there's a whole host of different things that can be taken into account. Does the DegreeWorks Planner help communicate any of that? Absolutely. So one of the really great things about the DegreeWorks Planner is that we can include notes. And as we move through uh, creating different program layouts, I can include different notes on each semester, each course that the student's able to see. And depending on the needs of the program, there might even be an opportunity for me to chat with uh, other folks who work with DegreeWorks to figure out if there's better ways to communicate information with the student. One really great example is that criminal justice actually has learning communities for their students. And, it's, and I know they're really, really interested in making sure everyone knows about their learning communities. It's really important. It's super important. And I think we might even see more and more departments start to work with models similar to that. So in that case, it's really important for us to communicate to the students what it means to be in a learning community and how they need to register for that learning community, including section numbers and other important information. So I'm currently doing some research to figure out the very best way to communicate that. And that's going to be communicated to students more clearly than ever before now. That's a really great idea. So this all sounds very complicated. Uh, how easy is this to use once you have created all of this and put it out there for students and faculty to use? Yeah, so it is really complicated, but the good news is is that it's complicated on my end. <laughs> so I'm currently working with all of our departments as well as the TRS department to really make sure that all of these templates are accurate. And the good news is once that's in there, it's extremely easy to use and user-friendly. And as we get to a point where this becomes closer to being rolled out, I'll be working on creating some training materials, meeting with departments and advisors to get everybody up to speed. And I think everybody will be really surprised at how easy this actually is to use. It sounds like it'll be easier as time goes on. Absolutely. Um, you know, there are some questions that have come up from faculty um, and other folks as I've been working on these. One thing I've heard, Jess, and this relates to how advisors might use this tool. One thing I've heard is that when faculty look at some of these sequences that are extremely long, let's say the student's goal is to place into a program that's very rigorous, and perhaps that student There's is a placed... really high math requirements. Yeah, it's some really high math requirements, um, like maybe some of our science majors, and the student 
is placed at, you know, math level one or two, and the faculty are looking at these crazy long pathways, and they're saying, why are we even making these? Like, is there even a point? Like, are students actually going to benefit from this work? Well, and it seems like on the surface that this would really discourage students from going into certain majors. And I can definitely understand why folks would feel that way. However, what we have to keep in mind always is how successful are our students going to be able to be if we don't show them the reality of these programs and how successful will they be if they can build supports that they need around the courses that they need to take. And it helps have these difficult conversations. If someone wants to go into a program that requires getting through calculus and they're placed at math level one or two, they need to know that it's going to take a few semesters of just taking math without the ability to be full-time and get financial aid, that helps the conversation. If you can show them, rather than just tell them about it, if you can show them in writing how long it could take, they can make some educated decisions around whether or not to go in that program. And then the advisor can talk to them about what some other options are in the same field or in a related field and still have a degree in a reasonable amount of time from MCC. Amanda, it sounds like you're doing the technical work of this. When could faculty or advisors or other folks expect to hear from you about this? I'm currently approaching these pathways extensions in order of the number of students in each. So the pathway with the greatest number of students is getting my attention first and then on down the line. Is there any time frame for all of this being completed? It sounds like it takes a really long time. So that's difficult to say. Um, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to start a pilot soon. Some departments have already heard from me and been able to review the extensions, but haven't seen them in degree works yet. And as we get more news on the pilot phase of this project rolling out, I will let everyone know. Great. Where else can people find information about this and other projects? So the best place to look is the Guided Pathways newsletter. And that is put in a TRIB announcement every time that we have a new one come out, which is about every month. And you can also find that in our Blackboard space that we talked about at the top of the episode. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we talk about just what are we going to talk about? Next week, we're going to start our interview series by talking to Dan Robertson, who's Dean of Health and Science, who was part of the first SUNY Guided Pathways Institute as part of the MCC team. He's going to let us know what he learned and what the process is going through that project awesome and there will be more don't forget to send us your questions you can email schools at monroecc.edu and we'd love to answer them 